is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Daramar, and I'm joined as always by Jake Woolhead. Jake, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Living the dream, except for having to watch the Giants off this past Sunday. But I've already drank my way out of that hole, so we're doing okay. That's a regular occurrence now. You, thought, you think you'd be used to it? Yep, my kidney has taken a beating over the years, all right? <laughs> we are delighted to actually welcome back as well uh, Dan Reardon, who was there with us on our Tuesday show. Dan, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Nice to talk again. I know, right? Uh, you're getting so used to him. Are you trying to kick Fiona out of the show? Uh <laughs> Me and Fiona have always had a bit of a rivalry, but you know, he's um he's a vicious little tyke, that guy. I couldn't take it. <laughs> and we are here for our Thursday night football preview show. We are looking ahead to the Chargers uh, welcoming the Chiefs uh, in this AFC West divisional matchup. And we are delighted to welcome from Sports Illustrated, Fernando Ramirez, to talk a bit about the Chargers and this game. Fernando, it's great to speak to you. How are you? Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Jake, you're Irish, though. Like, doesn't your liver take a beating regardless? Yeah, every every week, but uh, particularly hard on a Sunday after watching a Giants game. <laughs> My week is a nice week for me. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is uh, this is fun. I'm excited to, to speak to people across the pond. So this is uh, this is going to be awesome. It's it's incredible to see that football is really expanded and and it's literally all over the world. So it, it's a lot of fun uh, to know that people are. Uh, are so interested in it. Yeah. And we spoke a little bit uh, off air um, before we uh, started the interview and we found out that you've actually been to Ireland before. Yes, I have. Uh, Belfast, Dublin. I went after I graduated from college with my family and it was incredible. I mean, we, we saw, uh, we saw so many, so, so many different sites. I mean, everywhere I saw water, I'm like, Oh, this is where they filmed game of Thrones. No, no, no it was right here. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to piece it together where they did all that. Uh, Fish and chips, incredible. I literally had it the whole time I was there. Visiting pubs was like the funnest part. They had live bands. And obviously, sometimes I couldn't understand what they were singing. But I'm like, hey, this is awesome. I love jamming out to it. So, And like I said, I think I told you guys, we did a taxi tour of Belfast. And just to know the history of of everything that happened in that city and with everything that uh, happened there, I mean, it was incredible. So I, I learned a lot when I was in Ireland. And like I told you guys, I definitely want to go back and uh, – and, uh, and go visit again, just because I, I I fell in love with the with the whole country. It was amazing. Yeah, for sure. Those black cab tours up in Belfast are really, really good and really informative. I've been on them myself, yeah. and you know, you kind of feel a little uneasy when you go from one side to yeah. the other. So from the Catholic side to the Protestant side, yeah, you have to, it does no, get and, a little uneasy. No. Real, real fast, I found, yeah. I don't know if you guys uh, watch WWE, but like Finley, uh, he said that he grew a wrestler called Finley. He said he grew up in Belfast and I'm like, wow, like for him to grow up there, like you have to be like a tough SOB to grow up in Belfast. So now I know like anybody that says, oh, I'm from Belfast. I'm like, dude, I ain't messing with you. Like you, <laughs> you are a tough SOB. So I ain't doing it. So just FYI, I, I just yeah. I have uh, great respect for everything that uh, that happened in 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 that uh, in that city. Yeah, well, that's it. When you uh, come back over, you're gonna have to give us a shout, and we'll we'll bring you on a tour of the the proper best Guinnesses that you can have around the sea. I love it. I you know I definitely will. 
<laughs> uh, before we actually get into uh, looking ahead to the game, I must mention that uh, this week's shows are brought to you by Horan Estates. Horan Estates nationwide estate agents with two locations in Dublin and Galway. They are the experts to use to ensure you get the best possible results in the sale or renting of any property. Head to their website, Horan Estates dot ie to view their properties or to make an inquiry about selling your own property uh, thank you again to horn estates for sponsoring the shows this week and of course we are still running our competition with horn estates for a chance to be uh for a chance for you i should say to win an nfl jersey of your choice all you have to do is go to our social channels at under center pod on twitter or at under center pod on instagram you'll see the post there about the jersey to enter it just like reshare it tag three friends make sure you're following both pages and you're in with a show to win it we'll announce the winner next week so it'll be nice just in time for christmas to know you have an nfl jersey on the way but uh fernando let's get into uh, the game on thursday the uh the chargers second in the afc east the chiefs first in the uh, a or should i say west not east west uh first in the division uh the last time they met of course it uh, was earlier on this year um la coming out on top by 30 points to 24 in a game that uh was kind of it was surprising and but it was one of those games that the chiefs had a lot of their early season struggles in yeah yeah but at the same time just the way the Chargers were kind of able to take it to them was interesting uh, they, I think the Chiefs committed four turnovers and the Chargers were all over those turnovers. And, and it was a pretty good uh, it was a pretty good back and forth. I mean, I mean, I remember I was at the game and and when the Chargers jumped out to that big lead, I'm like, oh, they're going to they're going to do something. Here it goes. Like I've been around the organization since 2013. So I've kind of seen this this happen. And, and with Brandon Staley, it just it feels a little bit different. I know they're eight and five. I know they've had they've lost terrible games to the Broncos, to the Vikings. But it does feel a little bit different when they have a lead now. They're able to finish it off. They're able to, to finish games. And they weren't doing that with Anthony Lynn. They weren't doing that with Mike McCoy. They sometimes did it with North Turner, but it was a little bit of a struggle. But now with Brandon Saley, they're finishing these games off. They're playing good football. Uh, I know that the defense has struggled this year, but they really kind of turned a corner as of late. They really took it to Cincinnati. And I know Cincinnati was able to, to score a couple of uh, – a couple of points, but those literally, I mean, I think they scored 22 points out of those 22, 14 came off of Austin Eckler uh, fumbles. So if the Chargers would have played a perfect game and no turnovers, they might've been able to, to really shut out the, the Cincinnati Bengals. So the, the last two games, I've been very impressed with their defense, but now here comes the bigger test. So it, yeah, that first matchup was interesting, Just, but I think the biggest interesting, the biggest thing about these two teams is, you see Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. And that's the thing. In, in the first game, in their first game last year, obviously Patrick won the game. The Charger, I mean, obviously Justin came out. He surprised everybody. Nobody really knew what to expect of him. Comes out, kind of puts it on the Chiefs, has a, a bad turnover that kind of changes the momentum of the game. But he's learned a lot. This year, he really has grown a lot. He's poised. He's not making those terrible mistakes. He really has become an all-around quarterback. And he's showing the different ways that he can win games, whether it's with his legs, with his arm. I mean, you saw that pass against uh, the Giants last week where Jalen Guyton splits the safeties. <laughs> Jake, my bad. And uh, and he's able to put it right in the breadbasket while getting hit. I mean, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can do that. But it's just all around. This this game just 
it, and Joey Bosa said it on Monday, it feels like a playoff game just because of all the implications that are around it. It's for the, it feels like it's for the division. It feels like it's, uh, it's, it's one of those games where it, it, it's a, uh, it's a bigger than what it really, I mean, it's just a big matchup between two teams that look like it, they're going to make the playoffs and look like they could make some noise in the playoffs. If both make it uh, at the end of the season. Fernando, yeah. <clears throat> go on there. Go. No, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. Fernando, I just wanted to ask you a question about uh, Derwin James. Obviously, he missed the game there on uh, Sunday against the Giants with a hamstring injury. Um, and coming into the game, obviously, you'd need Derwin James or you'd like to have him because there's probably a little bit of a difference between Mike Lennon and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, just a slight, uh, just a slight <laughs> one, though. But, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like – and the Chargers won't say this, but I feel like that was kind of a reason why they sat him Maybe he just felt a little – so Brandon Saley said he felt a little sore coming in on Saturday. So they decided, you know what, let's not even try and get him to play. Let's just sit him. I feel like that kind of had a little bit to do with uh, with the game on uh, on Thursday. And, the, and Brandon thought the exact same thing. We need Derwin on the field. Derwin has actually done a really good job on Travis Kelsey. Uh, he did a really good job on him in 2018 – did, did a really good job against him in the first game. I know the stats say that he had over 100 yards, but a lot of the good game, Michael Davis was covering him. But when it was Derwin, Derwin really held him down. So it uh, they, they do need Derwin in this game. If you don't have Derwin James, you lose your leader. You lose your best player on defense. Well, I mean, I guess him and Joey are a 1A, 1B. But you lose the heart and soul of your team. So I, I'm pretty sure I'm, – I'm, Obviously, I'm not a, a a psychic or anything, but I'm pretty sure Derwin does play this week just because he knows how big this game is and he knows that that defense needs him out there. Because while they did really well against Mike Lennon, like you said, it's Patrick Mahomes, and and you can't take any you can't yeah you can't take any chances against Patrick Mahomes. You have to go out there and you need Derwin James, especially because of look at some of these games. I mean, he's coming out uh, he's come down with crucial interceptions. He's made game turning. Uh, game-changing play so they need Derwin James on on Thursday if they if they're going to have a chance to win Fernando just quickly um on the old injury news uh Austin Eckler a lot of fantasy news around that how long did it take him to get that boot off after that uh trainer taped it to about the ends of the earth (laughs) yeah Yeah, I, I really don't know how long it took him but Brandon said that he he felt like uh he said that uh Austin came in fine that he was a little sore but obviously, I mean, he's he's fine. They they expect him to be ready to go on 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 Thursday. Brandon said that he expects he expects him to practice and everything. So I I really I think Austin's gonna play. And if he and because this offense is so dependent on what he does. I mean, he scored 16 touchdowns this season. Uh, there's no really running back two behind him. Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree. They've all tried. They've mixed and matched. They've done everything they can. But n- n- none of them uh, none of them. None of them even, uh, none of them have even taken that next step forward, I guess, to try and be the number two. If you guys really look at it, I think Justin Herbert is second on the team in rush yards. So that's not really a, uh, you never want your, unless he's named Lamar Jackson, you really don't want your quarterback uh, or Kyler Murray. You don't want your quarterback being the second leading rusher. But it's just one of those things where um, where the Chargers need, they need Austin Eckler and and they expect him to be there on uh, on Thursday. 
Yeah, and some other injury news. Well, not maybe so much injury, but uh, on the COVID list, we saw Keenan Allen missed a game last week due to it. Rashawn Slater was put on the COVID list yesterday. Um, is there any hope? Hopefully, Allen can be back for Thursday, but is there any hope maybe Slater can make it? So the Chargers are hoping that he get to, he has two negative tests before Wednesday. So that would mean today he would need one and he'd need one tomorrow. Um, I don't – they said it was a positive test, but I, I don't know – It'd be it'd, it'd be a miracle from God, I think, if if Rashawn Slater plays just because of that reason, the reason of you need two negative tests. I mean, he's, if he's able to do it, then wow. But I, I just think it might be a little bit difficult, especially with the short week. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter try and start a petition. They're like, hey, so the Chargers get get Rashawn Slater back and the and the Chiefs get Chris Jones back. Let's switch the game and try and make it on Sunday. And I was like, hey, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> but I, the uh, Brandon said he expects Keenan to come back this week, so Keenan Allen should be back on uh, with the Chargers this week, and and uh, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play on on Thursday, just because it uh, Wednesday's his tenth day, and on the tenth day they can activate him back. So I'm pretty sure Keenan will be back uh, Thursday for the Chargers. And do you think the backup to uh, Rashawn Slater? I think it's Trey Pipkins, as as far as I can remember. Is uh, do you think he can hold up? Uh, I think the Chargers are going to need to use a lot of uh, an extra lineman in. I think they're going to need to do a, a help. They're going to need tight end help. Trey Pipkins hasn't been what the Chargers had hoped he would be at this point. I mean, they'll say that they think that he's done so well and that he his his uh, that um, they feel like he's developed really well. But I I haven't seen it. I mean, there's a reason why Storm Norton is out there right now at right tackle. There's a reason why um, they've used Storm Norton more than they have uh, Trey Pipkins because Trey hasn't developed. I mean, they got him out of Sioux Falls. You would think they would have loved for him to be one of those stories of, oh my God, the Chargers drafted him from a, I think it was a second division school and he ended up being a left tackle in the NFL and now he's all great. It just hasn't materialized like that. He's, he's, he's kind of slow with his feet. He, um, he falls for the, hey, I'm going outside, but then I I, uh, I spin back inside, falls for that kind of stuff. So it, it just been, it's just been a struggle with Trey Pipkins. And I just haven't seen – you haven't seen the development that – and I'm sure the Chargers noticed that too. They haven't seen the development that uh, they wanted from him. They even made him the extra lineman earlier in the season, that, that sixth one that they bring in. And at one point he even lost that. So it, it, just, it hasn't been good. So I, it just – It'll be interesting to see if, if Rashawn doesn't go, how the Chargers are going to do this. Would they move Storm Norton to left and then maybe put him at right? Or it, it, I, I really don't know. It's going to be interesting. But Brandon was thrown a lot of different combinations yesterday, and he said, we'll figure it out. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So it's probably a we'll see till we see what happens with Rashawn, or it's a we'll see. We might have a plan under our sleeves that can work. I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but um, I don't know if they know an offensive lineman that's out there. Maybe they'll, they'll ask one of their old offensive linemen to come out of retirement and help them out. I don't know, but, uh, but it should be interesting to see what five go out there uh, starting on, uh, on Thursday. I keep on wanting to say Sunday, Thursday. Uh, I want to ask a bit about uh, Justin Herbert because he has continued on his great form from his rookie year. Normally when you see in the second year, you see maybe a little bit of, not regression, but maybe slows down. What was the name? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, my bad. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty important. Uh, yeah. I, I kinda, <laughs> the hair alone me, is important. Yeah. <laughs> you hey, had me nervous there for a uh, second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 
uh, you would normally think in the second year that the progress would slow down a little bit, you know, as teams try to figure it out. But he, he seems to be just motoring on along. And, of course, coming up against Patrick Mahomes this year, um, or again, sorry, I should say, and yeah. could Mahomes versus Herbert now be the rivalry in the NFL for the next 10 years? I'll be honest. I think it's the new Brady versus Manning. I think, and the incredible part is they're in the the same division. So you're going to get it twice a year. Maybe in a cut, maybe pretty soon we might get it even a third time the way we used to get uh, the Manning and Brady rivalry. But I, I think it's that big. I think both of them, they're both different. Like Mahomes is more flashy. He does different things. He does it well. And Herbert's the big arm, big quarterback that can take off running, but he can also uh, chug it down 70 yards down the field. So it's incredible to, and they're both, their personalities are completely opposite too. So um, they're both obviously great human beings, but uh, it's just going to be interesting to see the way these two develop. But yeah, no, it's definitely starting to become a rivalry now between both of them, just because, I mean, who does Herbert get to start his career against? He starts it against Patrick Mahomes last year, this year they take it to him. So now it's one-on-one man. Every time that these guys are going to face, I always put like, I always put Roman numerals uh, after it. So last year was Mahomes, uh, Mahomes, Herbert one. This year was Mahomes, Herbert two. And then we're about to get Mahomes, Herbert three. So it, it just, it's a lot of fun to watch both. I mean, when I'm in the stadium and I'm watching both of these two go at it, I'm like, wow. Like I honestly kind of feel privileged because I get to watch two incredible quarterbacks go at it. And I mean, their styles are so different, but they're so big. I mean, you see the cameras when both of them go and shake hands after the game they're surrounded by a mountain of cameras just because everybody knows how big these guys are. But yeah, no, Justin hasn't shown any signs of regression. I know a lot of people love using that word. I know that guys like Dan Orlovsky have been on ESPN saying, Oh, Justin Herbert is okay, but his poise isn't good. Or this isn't good. No, like Justin, Justin can do it all. I mean, he, he really, and if there's any area that he needs to work on, it's maybe letting, uh, letting the ball go a little bit sooner. And, and what I mean is sometimes he takes unnecessary sacks. There's times where he could just like, dude, you don't find anybody, just throw the ball away. And, and maybe that's something that he needs to work on. Uh, and the other thing I'd love to see him work on it, or see him, see him actually do is that Aaron Rodgers, like, Hey, let's go up to the line real quick. Real quick. Okay. Let's get him on a five yard offsides because the guys are running in and out and stuff like that. That's something I'd like to see him improve on. Cause I think it'd be, it would help his game out a lot because there's times where I see Justin and the offense come up to the line and guys are running in and out from the defense. And I'm like, dude, you could just go up there, snap it real quick and get them, get you an extra five yards. Uh, obviously you can't put that much on his plate, but he's learning slowly, but surely, but yeah, no Joe and Joe Lombardi offensive coordinator. He's been around some great quarterbacks. He worked with uh, Drew Brees for years and Drew even said, he told us before the season, this is the perfect offense for Justin Herbert to learn it. Now, the only thing is they were going intermediate for most of the season, so it was all passes of 15 yards or less. These last two weeks, they've been throwing it down the field a lot more. Against Cincinnati, they had three, I think, three deep passes. Uh, one was 47, 44, and then the other one was 42. So you saw a lot more down the field last week against the Giants. Sorry, Jake. Uh, you saw another down the field uh pass so if the Chargers start opening it up a little bit more it might help their offense uh be that lethal like that lethal weapon that you want especially with getting Keenan back this week 
the focus isn't going to be Josh Palmer. It's not going to be Mike Williams. It's not going to be Jalen Guyton. It's going to be Keenan Allen. So this week might be the week to keep on throwing down the field, throw to Mike. Mike Williams, if you guys will go and look up his stats, Mike Williams does very well against the Chiefs. He's po- A couple of years ago in 2018, he had three touchdowns against the, the Chiefs, and that's when Keenan Allen went down with an injury. That was that Thursday night game that they had. Keenan Allen goes down with an injury in the first quarter. Here comes Mike, scores three touchdowns. Uh, in Mexico City, he caught that long pass uh, from Phillip Rivers to, uh, to set up a potential game-tying uh, touchdown. We all know Phillip Rivers throws an interception. Uh, last year, he did well against the Chiefs. This year, he did well against the Chiefs. So Mike likes playing the Chiefs, so watch out for 81 on uh, on Sunday. I'm, you guys were probably going to ask me a fantasy question, and, and there it is. There's there's your free nugget. Uh, watch out for 81 on, on Thursday night. Not just the Chargers worried. <laughs> are the are the charges worried that Mike Williams has slowed down though? The first four weeks were very fast. He came out looking like an actual alpha receiver, and then he seems to have tailed off a little bit in the last couple of weeks. You know what? It, it's funny you mention that because we have asked the coaches, and it feels like when they get Mike involved in the offense, regardless if it's eighty yards, seventy yards, sixty yards, like as long as they get sixty or seventy yards or more, the charge end up winning the game. They need to get him involved. They need to get him involved early. In the with the Vikings, they didn't get him involved almost at all. Against the Broncos, he really wasn't involved. And, and it, it's peculiar that those are the game and the game against the Patriots. They didn't get him involved as much. And those are games that they lost. So when they get him involved, that bite that Cowboys game, I don't think he was involved all that much. So usually it's whenever they lose, he's not involved. So it, it's just that the way the defenses have schemed. A lot of defense, like the Raiders, they try to take away both Mike and Keenan. They doubled both of them, and they said, let your other guys beat us. The other guys ended up beating us or beating them. But then you go against the Patriots. Patriots do the same thing, but nobody else stepped up. There was a pass where Jared Cook was just running. He goes up to Adrian Phillips, and then, like, he doesn't even turn around. Uh, Justin throws him the pass. Adrian Phillips intercepts and runs it back for a touchdown, and you're kind of like, Jared, why didn't you turn around? So it just it, it, it they need Mike Williams. They need Mike Williams to to if if they get him involved early and often, that's when Mike Williams is his most dangerous. So I expect him to do it this this week, uh, especially because you're coming down to the end of the season. You're gonna need him. One, two, he's gonna need to show, hey, look, yeah, I might have fallen off for a little bit, but I'm worth that fifteen to twenty million dollar extension in the in the offseason, which I still don't know if the Chargers are gonna are gonna give him. I think he. I think he's shown flashes of him being worth it, but you need consistency. And I think that's what Mike's going to start trying to show these last few, uh, these last few weeks. Cause against Pittsburgh, he was involved. Cincinnati was involved. And against the giants, he was involved. You need Mike Williams involved. If you're going to win uh, some of these games, especially towards the end of the season. Yeah. I, I want to transition over to the other side of the ball on the, on the defensive side. Um Obviously, the, the job that Staley did, especially at the Rams last year, you know, he, he had this defensive guru tag, and he, he, the the defense, you know, they're 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 twenty six in 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 points against, and stopping the run has been a big issue this year. And um, sort of pressure on the quarterback has been too. I know Joey Bosa has eight and a half sacks and and five forced fumbles, and suddenly continues to be a leader on that defense. But you know they've struggled to get sacks and pressures from elsewhere on, on that defensive yeah. line. I think the next best person only has four sacks for the year. Um, and, and, and it's kind of since they've lost Melvin Ingram as well, it's become an issue coincidentally enough 
he's now over with the Chiefs after taking a pit stop there in in Pittsburgh for a couple of weeks. Um, is that something that's going to have to be addressed in in the off season and and in terms for the rest of this season? Is that something that could cost them when it comes to, you know, fingers crossed that they do make the playoffs when it comes to those playoff games if they can't get pressure on the opposing quarterback? The Chargers are doing different things to try and get pressure. They're bringing in Drew Tranquil. They're bringing Derwin and Nazir Adderley off the edges. They're bringing cornerbacks, and they're trying different ways to get the pressure. Uchenna Nwosu's kind of picked it up in the last few weeks. He's had a lot of pressures. Uh, I mean, he's only had three sacks, and one was a strip sack. But uh, but they're, they're trying to generate more pressure from different areas, and I think they've gotten there. It's just that Mike Glennon, like last week, I was surprised that they didn't have more than one sack. But it was because Mike Lennon was getting the ball out quick because he knew the pressure was coming, and he's like, "Oh hell, he just would throw it," and and he didn't. He he lived a he lived to play another game. So I I think that I I really do think that the Chargers have done better with all that stuff as of late. They did it well against Cincinnati. They did it. Well, they even did it well against Denver. They got there a couple of times and they hit Teddy Bridgewater. So it's just a matter of putting it all together and they do need other guys to step up. And that's kind of why you've seen Joey Bosa's, I guess, sack numbers go down a little bit. It's just because he doesn't have that other pass rusher on the other side. Uh, they, they're trying out Kenneth Murray as well on as a pass rusher. It just hasn't really developed all that well, but Brandon Saley's trying to bring, uh, he's trying to bring it home different ways. So I expect against the chiefs to see different combinations of blitzes to try and get guys uh, to get guys to get to the quarterback and, and maybe try different unique ways to try and do that. There was a, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, uh, against the Steelers at the end of the game, the reason why they were getting home is because they were doing Kyler Fackrell, Uchenna Nwosu, Joey Bosa, and Justin Jones as their front four. Those guys were, were at the end of the game, they were getting after big Ben. The only reason why they can't do that anymore is because Kyler Fackrell had a procedure done on his knee and he's going to be out for three weeks, but they need to find somebody else that can help out with that because that is what probably their most lethal combination is having all those guys on the field. Um, obviously, they, they need more help. Jerry Tillery hasn't really been ex- another guy who hasn't really been with the charge that hoped he'd be. I think right now in PFF, he's ranked 113th uh, out of 135 linemen, so defensive linemen. So he hasn't been what they had hoped. But uh, there's other guys that have helped. Linval Joseph, Christian Covington, Justin Jones. Those guys have kind of gotten after the quarterback as well. So the Chargers just need to they, – they've, they've picked it up in the last few weeks, but you need to continue that because, I mean, right now the Chiefs, they're, they're – yes, they've played better. They're winning, but Patrick Mahomes is still turning the football over. So – or not even just Patrick. It's guys popping the ball up and everything. The, the, their offense is still turning the ball over. So the Chargers need to make sure that they take advantage of that kind of stuff and they get those fumbles. They get those interceptions. And uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the Chargers are going to try and take advantage of that this week against uh, – against Kansas City. Excellent. And I just want to ask actually about SoFi as a whole, the stadium, because it is their second season in there sharing with, with the Rams. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed that obviously there's a lot of more opposing fans there than you would see maybe at Rams games. It's maybe a similar situation they had when they were in the StubHub Center. Um, yeah. You know, it's sort of struggling to get like home fans into the games. Yeah. Is that still stemming from the issues from moving from San Diego over? Or is there sort of something um, that ownership is planning to do to get more Chargers fans in seats? I think it really stems from 
do you want to go in? Do you want to go to the stadium or do you want to chill at home, kick your feet up, watch any game that you want? That's kind of the issue that the NFL has as a whole. And it's not that it's just the charge. A couple of weeks ago, the Raiders were playing Washington and they had a stadium full of uh, Washington football fans. The yeah. Rams have had it. The Rams will have it in a couple of weeks when they play the 49ers. It, it's been it hasn't just been the charge. It's, it's the funniest thing is that I feel like they show a, like when they, it's the Chargers, they show the crowd. When it's other teams, they don't really show the crowd as much. And I'm not trying to be a um, I'm not trying to um, to be an apologist. I just think it's funny that when it's the Chargers, they try and show the whole stadium, and and with other teams, they don't. The Chargers have actually done pretty well. I mean, this year with the Cowboys, I thought it would be 90-10 Cowboys, and it was probably about 65-35, which is actually pretty impressive. Uh, and then with the with the Raiders, the same thing. There was a lot of Charger fans there as well. I think it's it's the thing is is that Southern California is a military kind of both of them are military. Uh, L.A. and San Diego are both military, so I see a lot of San Diego fans. I still live in San Diego, so um, and I can just commute, come up, cover the team, go back down. Um, and when I drive up for the games on on Sundays, I see a lot of Charger fans on the road from San Diego. San Diego coming up, I, Charger fans are just quiet about their love for the Chargers in San Diego, just because they don't want to get berated by some of the fans that just don't don't love them anymore so it's pretty funny but uh but I just think it's you're in LA you have the beach you have the Lakers you have the Dodgers you have Shohei Otani with uh with the Angels you have a lot of different teams and there's a lot of different things that you can do so I feel like it is kind of a struggle but if you have number 10 on your team, number 10 is going to start buying, is going to start getting you season tickets. They're going to start getting you new fans. I think if 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 number 10, if let's just say if, if he can take him to the AFC championship this year, there's going to be a lot of excitement around the city for the Chargers just because of what Justin Herbert brings. I mean, the other day, I think it was on Sunday with that throw that he had uh, to Jalen Guyton. I think within four hours, that video had already been to 2 million views on Twitter. So that's pretty impressive uh, that fans and that people around the world are watching Justin Herbert. They see Justin Herbert. And I feel like I feel like some people are starting to fall in love with Justin Herbert a little bit. So that as long as as long as they have number 10, I think number 10 is going to sell a lot of tickets uh, and get this city excited, especially if they like I said, if they can uh, if they can make a run. Fernando, just one last question before we let you go. If you get your crystal ball out for tonight, the game, give me a final score. Who wins? Who loses? Um, I have I well, this is gonna be my pick. I think I I think I had Chiefs twenty eight, Chargers twenty three. Um, I I think that the Chiefs are kind of riding high, and then Rashawn Slater. That's that's a if he doesn't play, that's a huge loss. And the problem is, I wish I could give you my pick 10 or an hour before the game starts when we get the uh the active uh who's active who's not active just because i could probably give you a better one but with all the unknowns on both sides i i really don't know um i really don't know who's this is really a toss-up game but i think it is an important game i think it is a game that the chargers need but i just i don't think they're going to get it just because of how the chiefs are playing right now on defense how the chiefs are playing overall I um, it might be uh, it might be a tough a tough call, especially on a short week with all the injuries that the Chargers have. It might be a tough a tough get for them. Well, after that you have Houston, so that's a nice easy one. <laughs> yeah, they should they should be able to they should be able to. 
to do some things there. But I, it's a shame that they're not going to be able to play against Tyrod Taylor because of the um, – I think he was benched for David Mills. So it sucks that uh, it sucks that he's not going to – well, that he potentially might not be able to, to play against his old team. Yeah, I think he's still afraid of that doctor. <laughs> I have nothing to say. The only thing I can say uh, about that is Boom. Um, <laughs> oh, my bad. First, I'm sorry. You can take it's that okay. out. I'm so it's sorry. okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry I'm about telling it. you guys, I like Becky Lynch and Hunter McGregor to me are the like the two top. Like I love those guys. So I'm I I, I love Irish people. I'm thank thank you guys so much for having me on. This was honestly uh, this was honestly awesome. Thanks no for problem. All. We are delighted to uh, to have you on the show, Fernando. It was great to speak to you. Before we do let you go, though, yeah. um, if anyone's interested, where can they uh, find any of your work? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Twitter, Instagram, at Ramirez. Also, si.com slash chargers. You can find all my articles for, I was going to say for the week, but it's actually for the three days leading up to the game. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely excited that, um, that, obviously, again, thank you guys for having me on. This was awesome. Love talking football with you guys. If you guys ever need me again, I'm always open to to jumping on with you guys. And and again, I I, uh, I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, we we'll definitely be having you on the call again because we have to organize those points soon. So that's <laughs> exactly. definitely going to happen. Definitely well, going to happen. How does it feel having perfect hair? Like your hair is actually on. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way it just stands. Like you you just it just you stands like that and it's just stood there. Yeah. So <laughs> I awesome. a lot of work. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's green screen right now. Okay. <laughs> is that uh, is that uh, yeah. the Joker's hair then in the back? With yeah, that? that's it. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> look, my hand's going right through it there. Let's see. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. And and if you guys are ever out in Los Angeles, you guys got to let me know. The way I'll let you guys know if I'm ever in Ireland again. Most definitely, most definitely, we will for sure. Once again, thank you so much, uh, Fernando. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to be looking uh, ahead to the game a little more. And you are welcome back to the Under Center podcast. Thanks so much to Fernando Ramirez from Sports Illustrated for talking to us about the LA Chargers side of Thursday night's game. But we're going to now focus on the Kansas City Chiefs and we're delighted to welcome back from the Chiefs Focus First and 10 show. Uh, we have JP and Caleb. Lads, it's so great to speak to JP. We've spoken to you before, but Caleb, it's your first time on the show. We're delighted to have you both back on. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you for having us. Thanks, man. Nice no, being back. No problem at all. And we are delighted to be talking to you again, JP. And we, I'm sure we'll have some uh, great things to talk about with Chiefs uh, now in the next couple of minutes. But yeah, let's let's look into Thursday's game. Um, of course, the uh, Chiefs are going in off a six-game winning run where the story of that winning, winning run has surprisingly not been the offense, but it's been the defense and um, how they've been able to stop teams. I think in the last five games, only one side has scored over 14 points in those five games. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been a complete turnaround. We've, uh, you know, we, we talked about this on our show so many times that, you know, our team is built differently. Um, Spags is a different style DC all of his defensive teams going back years have started historically started slow. Um, he has so many packages that 
it's hard for veterans to, you know, you got to realize, I mean, we got rookies on our team as well, but I mean, it's hard for veterans to catch on and it just takes time. Every year we start off very slow. This year was a little worse, um, but that wasn't all specifically due to just his packages. There were some other things that went on that um, we've talked about on our show uh, that caused some other issues, but regardless um right now they're they're unstoppable i mean that defense is scary they're they're, they're uh ranked sixth in points allowed um or sixth or seventh i believe in top 10 defense they're 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 not they're they're no joke and it just took a little time for him to gel and a little time to catch on with spags is you know he's the type of guy like andy that We'll call you at four in the morning and say, Hey, I got a new, I got a new package and I want you guys to learn it. And he'll call him on a Wednesday and say, you know, we're going to try this out on Sunday. So it, it just takes time, you know, and, and they'll use those packages during the year and he'll try it over and over and over again until they get it right. And he'll position people in places until he, until he either figures out they're going to work in those positions or they're going to move them to a position that they will work but he believes in his guys. And that's the thing. Um, Caleb, what do you got with this? Yeah, I echo everything pretty much. You just said one thing, but we noticed with the defenses, everyone, you guys probably saw more specifically, Sorensen was starting. Sorensen's a great guy. He can play. He's just not a starter in this offense. He's more of that third safety rover. One thing Spags loves to do is have three safeties. You got Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, and you have Daniel Sorensen is that third rover, and that's what he's good at. He's not good as a starting role, but if you put him in that third rover and kind of let him move around, that's when he gets the big hits. That's when he gets the fumbles. That's when he gets the interceptions. So when you see moves like that happen where they finally switch that and put Thornhill in his spot, it makes the defense so much better. Yeah, also, you keep him in the, the middle. Yeah. Yep. Also, the acquisition of Melvin Ingram was phenomenal by Veach. I mean, seriously, that guy is a beast. He does not look the same player he was with the Chargers. He looks so much more dominant with our defense. It seems like every other play he's out there, he is destroying teams. I knew he was special whenever the first snap he took against the Cowboys on third down, the 325 game. He literally caused a pressure, pushed the guy back into Dak Prescott, and he threw an uh, incomplete pass. From that moment on, our defense has been pretty much kicking every team's behind. It doesn't matter if they're losing a quarterback or if they don't have anyone. You still got those players that can go out of play. And one thing that the Chiefs defense has that many people are not looking at is our cornerback room. Yeah. Brett Veach traded Parker Inger for Charvarius Ward. This was a guy who was going to get cut. He traded him for an undrafted guy. He also got LeJerry Sneed in the fourth round. He Scott was able to get Mike Hughes, who was a former first-round pick with the Vikings, trade a seventh-round pick this offseason. He got DeAndre Baker after he was cut, and he went through some legal issues, and he was finally exonerated. And then not to mention Rashad Fenton, who's a sixth-round pick out of South Carolina. So the Chiefs have an excellent, and I mean excellent, cornerback room that is going to be phenomenal for years to come. So just combining everything we have together, this defense might be able to seriously make a huge run pushing in towards the playoffs because right now they're pulling up 2000s Ravens-like defensive numbers, and that's something I haven't seen. They're better, honestly, than the 2015 Chiefs defense that was top 10. They are. Caleb, mm -hmm. Caleb I just want to ask you, you mentioned a player I wanted to talk a little bit about was Daniel Sorensen, and mm -hmm. he kind of came into the season and it started off a little bit slow, and maybe he's just coming back 
he got that interception a week or two ago. Mm. Maybe he's still coming back in. Do you, do you attribute that to a change in the defensive styling or putting him in the right position to succeed? Or I think it's putting him into the right position to succeed. I'm pretty sure JP would agree, agree with me. Because when you look at Dirty Dan is a great player. He has served this team well and has done so many great things. He just isn't a he just isn't a starting safety. A prime example, and I'll go back to the 2016 season. Derek Johnson, I don't know if you guys remember him for the Chiefs. He used to be a hard-hitting hard-hitting linebacker, and he tore his Achilles. They ended up putting Dirty Dan in his spot as a linebacker. He did not succeed. He's not a starter. He isn't one of those guys you put in on a couple plays here and there and let him rove around. That's where he's really successful at. But Dirty Dan is a great player. Now, in the beginning of the season, yeah, people were mad at him, but I can't fault Dirty Dan. I can fault Spags and the coaching defensive coaching staff because they kept putting him in those positions. So an example of someone could maybe as you look at another team and say Josh Gordon, when he was with another team, they were putting him in a bad position. He wasn't being successful. We could argue the same thing was happening to Jamal Adams. He was really the only guy. He was not successful. When he got to Seattle, Seahawks, he elevated his game. So when you look at that, players who get into the NFL like Dirty Dan are great good because – when you look at the end of the day, a small percentage of players from peewee to NFL actually make it. It's very small. I think it's like 5 6%. Three you take Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, 3%. Yeah. So that just makes just shows you if you make it, you're good. The question, the issue, though, is people think, okay, they're struggling. It could be the team fit. It could be the locker room culture. It could be the scheme. As JP said earlier, the scheme that we've seen with Spags is very difficult to comprehend sometimes. Teams struggle. And what we're looking at it from now is that they finally figured out. It takes about eight weeks, and about the seventh, eighth week, they finally have turned it around. And, and that's the biggest thing. You know, people don't understand. You know, everybody thinks, and it's always funny from a fan standpoint, it's, well, God, how hard could it be to just go out and hit somebody? It's really not just going out and hit somebody. You know, we, I think we talked on the last show about, and Caleb brought up the cornerbacks. The CB position is, in my opinion, the hardest position in football to play, especially now. I mean, you're playing a position that you're watching footwork. You're, play, you're playing, you know, you're watching two or three receivers. You're paying, watching eyes. You're, you're looking at the quarterback. And not only that, you're playing a second team with the refs. You know, you've got, no matter how you look at it, that's what you're doing. You're, you're playing against the refs because they are looking to throw a flag at you, no matter what. And... It's, it's, it's a very difficult position to play. And then when you have a defensive coordinator that is very, very um, scheme-minded, you know, we, we could go back to Sutton. The guy had three schemes. Our old defensive coordinator had three schemes. You know, it was bend, don't break, keep him out of the end zone. If they score three points, oh, well. Uh, he put people in positions that honestly didn't belong there. I mean, he had Anthony Hitchens chasing Amari Cooper. He had, uh, which was just downright stupid. I mean, I don't care who you Justin are. Justin Houston had to chase Antonio Brown in the uh, yeah. AFC Divisional game. I'm like, what you you're going to tell me you're going to yeah. have him chase him? That yeah. just makes no sense from a scheme standpoint. Of yeah. course he's going to get burnt 56 yeah, you yards got a, down the field. You got a 5'6 guy chasing a 4'3 guy. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's just insane. You, you can't do something like that. Uh, it, it, it just... But the, with Daniel Sorensen, the thing with him is, is that you put him in a position, you know, it, first down, man on, a, on in man coverage, you're not going to get anything out of him. He's going to get whiffed. It is what it is. He's not 
great in that position, especially in the red zone. Um, he cost us, a, honestly, he cost us a few touchdowns at the beginning of the year, but that wasn't because of him. He was put in the wrong position. You put him in the middle and that, and we talked about this prior to them actually doing it, but I, and I got a lot of flack over this, but I said, you put him in that middle linebacker, not as a linebacker, as a safety behind the linebackers, but you put him in that middle position as a spy rover and let him do his thing where people can't see him. Cause he, you know, he kind of ducks low and let him pop up out of nowhere. He's going to succeed. And what we've noticed is, is that when he's in the middle, he's hit caused numerous drop passes since he's been in that position interceptions Ram one back for a touchdown. He's back in his element. You can't take a guy out of his element. That's what they did to Mahomes this year. They took him out of his element. You take a guy out of his element, you're gonna you're gonna hamper his game, and that's what they kind of did. So this defense, honestly, this is not the same defense the Chargers played in Week Three. And if they think it is, they're sadly mistaken. They are not coming into the same defense. They're not coming to the same team, period. Mahomes is playing a, a different game. The offense has gelled a lot better. The offensive line is top two, period. I mean, they're insanely good. You got a guy that should be rookie of the year uh, in, in Creed Humphrey. I mean, I, but it's not going to happen, but he should be. I mean, the guy's in PFF numbers is higher than Mac Jones by nine points. I mean, it's insane how this team has made a turnaround. Uh, we expected it to happen because they always have, and it is Mahomes. This guy doesn't give up, you know, through all the adversity and all the headaches and all the things that have gone on with this team that a lot of people don't know about. He's made the change, and the rest of the team has made the change. And I am one we, – we talked about this last night on our show – you know, people, they attribute every Super Bowl win to Tom Brady. Every single one of them. Every win is Tom Brady. The GOAT did it again. The GOAT did it again. Okay. His average game is 246 yards and 2.7 touchdowns over his career. So you're going to tell me that an average quarterback in by numbers on paper is the reason why they went to 10 Super Bowls and won seven. No. But nobody else gets accolades for the wins and the Super Bowls. Mahomes gives, you know, he's flat out said, our defense came through again. We're struggling. Defense came through again. We do the same thing. We see who's who's bringing the heat. We see who's bringing the wins. And right now, honestly, I mean, with the exception of Mahomes having his two, three, four, and five touchdown games, He's had two five-touchdown games. I think he's had a four-touchdown game this year. Um, but really, it's been the defense the last six weeks that have yeah. just destroyed people, and they, they, they're they loving it right now. So they're not going to let that stop, that's for sure. They're, they're You know, they hated all the trash talk they got at the beginning of the year. So for sure, for sure, no, any team would, would be like that. Um, I want to actually ask about a player that we spoke about on – 
uh, on the show the last time you you appeared, JP, and that was um, Michael Hardman. Um, it was a preseason chat, and we going into the year we were expecting um, big things from him this year. How have you felt he's performed? He's it seems as though drops and fumbles are still sort of an issue, um, and he's only gotten in for the one touchdown this year. Maybe his um, receptions aren't as high as he would like, but he seems to be used more in the zone sweep sort of game as well but overall how have you found his uh, season so far well i'll say this um and then i'll let caleb take over too because i i'm frustrated with the way that people have perceived him um mccall is a great wide receiver people have to remember that they didn't replace sammy until they put josh in and they still didn't replace him when they put Josh in because they didn't utilize him up until really last week. And now he's got COVID. So to, this is not a football team that's ever had a true number two wide receiver. Okay. Sammy was not a number two wide receiver. We had one, a one B we had Tyree Hill, Travis Kelsey, and whoever else was out there. When you have, Another threat like a Sammy Watkins or even a Josh Gordon once he's in his groove, which he can be another threat like that. Got to remember the guys have played in almost two years. It opens up the field for everyone else. And they didn't replace. They thought. um, His name's slipping my mind right now. He actually ended up on the practice squad. We drafted him. Oh, Cornell Powell. Cornell Powell, they thought he might be that guy to open up the field. It ended up working out as well. He didn't catch on as quickly. They didn't replace anybody to, you know, they didn't replace Sammy. So they expected McColl to come in and just take over that role. It didn't happen as quickly as they expected, but they also didn't utilize him the way that he needed to be utilized. Um. We're the same offense we were with the exception of Sammy Watkins, with the exception of that deep threat guy, that extra ump that opened up the field that where you can't cover everybody type of situation. And when he has made his great catches this year, especially when they kind of pulled him out a little bit and let him regroup, he's come back in and he's done well. Um, He's had a couple of drops. Um, I don't think he's had a – has he had a fumble this year? He's I don't had think a couple. That yeah. was the rush stretch. He's had three, two lost fumbles. One of them he recovered himself. Yeah. And they were – were they on – were they on uh, – were they on wide receiver side or were they on um, – They were wide receiver side. Wide receiver, I can't remember. Well, I think, you know, Travis had a few of those. Nobody ever talks about him. You know, Tyreek's dropped – multiple passes this year. Nobody ever talks about him. It's not just him. Everybody's had him this year. I mean, Tyreek had one go through his hands two weeks ago and ended up being an interception. So this is not, let's single out McCole Hardman because Tyreek's one of the most dominant wide receivers in the league. And he's had the same issue this year. We could go back and tell you exactly what's caused this. And then you can understand why it's happened. How many times have you ever seen Tyreek Hill fumble a ball? 
or miss a pass or cause a an interception or let one go through his hands. How many times have you really seen Travis Kelsey do that prior to this year? Extremely rare, if ever. This year they put Mahomes in a position that he is not accustomed to. The wide receivers weren't accustomed to that. They made him a pocket passer. They wanted him to learn pocket presence. They took away his ability to be vintage Mahomes. He was stuck in the pocket. He stayed in the pocket. No one can see him when he rolled out, and he, he's got a way of looking at a wide receiver, making a hand gesture, doing different things that they could see him and move to a position to get open, and they knew where to go. For the first five, six weeks of this season, he was getting clobbered. I mean, he got hit. Was it the Washington game, I think, Caleb? He got hit 12 times in the first half. 12 that times. That wouldn't surprise me. And two sacks. And through, two, I think, two interceptions. That's not Mahomes, but he was in the pocket that entire first half. Second half, he came out, and I know what he said at the halftime, at halftime in the locker room because a buddy of mine was in there. He lost his mind, and he came out. He started playing his vintage game and playing the way he plays the game. He didn't have that problem again, but then it went, it reverted back. And it was a, it was a, it was almost a battle between him and another coach. And at the time, Andy wasn't calling plays. So when you take someone's ability away to do what they're best at, that makes them who they are, it takes the wide receivers out of their realm because that's what they were used to. Then you try to bring it back, and you have to figure out how to acclimate yourself to going backwards again. You know, it's not as easy as riding a bike. You know, you just don't pick it right back up again. And that's what's gone on. What do you think, Caleb? I mean, um, I think you pretty much covered everything I was going to say. But for the one thing I would just add to what you didn't say is McCall Harmon is not a true wide receiver. He's a gadget player, kind of what's how Tyreek was originally when he first came into the season. And what you see originally with McCall Harmon in this instance is that he is going to be that guy that you can use, honestly, in the short running game. You can throw him on just yeah. sweeps. You can throw it to him in the flat because everyone wants to do cover eye safety. So you can do two options. You can have um, you can have C.H. or Dale Williams go in the flat or you can have McCall go in the flat. McCall can also catch screens. He's fast. We saw him last week where he was able to go ahead and was able to move around the defense and get a big play. Probably one of the first big ones we've seen throughout the year. So when you're kind of looking at what happens with McCall Hartman, he's not the traditional wide receiver everybody wants him to be. And as much as we want him to be this great player, our office isn't set up, uh, set up like that. Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, 1A, 1B. And it's whoever is after that. So when you have the options like that, it's great. But people are expecting him just because he's a second-round pick to perform to these astronomical numbers. And sometimes that's just not going to happen due to everything that's in place. So when you look at the end of the day, I think McCole will be fine. I think they're starting to use him the way and they're starting to use him now in the way they want him to want to want to use him. But coming forward the future, I would not be surprised if they have some package and stuff. Now, the thing is, though, we need to see more execution because what we've seen in the past is that he's been inconsistent. And that's been dating back to the last Super Bowl where he doesn't compete routes, he drops the ball, just different things like that. So they're still working with him. But I think putting into this 
second half of the season off pushing for the Super Bowl, I think he can be able to push through. And he is a third round. I mean, he's a third year player. So, you know, Tyreek wasn't the best wide receiver in his first and second year either. You know, I mean, people have to remember that he was fast. He get down the field. He didn't have the best route running ability. He didn't have those skills. He, there was a lot of things he didn't have his first and second year in the league, but he worked on them. His third year, he got better. His fourth year, he was phenomenal. And he just got better and better and better. So it just takes a little bit of time. It, it, it's not something that, as again, we've said this, they're in the league for a reason. You know, they don't, they don't come in because somebody just decided, I like this guy, I'm going to bring him in. It's, it's because they have ability, you know, 3%, 3% of everybody that's played this game. And it's really yeah. all of sports. It's not just, I think it's a total, maybe I think Caleb hit it on the head. It's 6% of everybody that plays major league baseball or plays baseball, uh, football and basketball from the age of five through college, make it to the combine. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to ask actually um, about the opposing quarterback a bit and, and your thoughts on that on Justin Herbert because he's continued on his great form from his rookie year. Many people would have thought maybe he would have slowed down a little bit just because it's it's a second year and that's how most um, players coming into the league sort of how they sort of progress, maybe a little regression then progress more when they get a little used to it. But he's continued to sort of excel and, and especially the last couple of weeks he's been playing very, very well. And the fact that he's in the same division as Mahomes now as well, is this the rivalry that we could see now for the next 10 years? Um, our previous guest there, uh, Fernando, um, likened it to the next um, Brady and Manning sort of rivalry we're going to see. I okay. think it's possible um, the way you're looking at it. The Chargers, they have obviously stepped up a couple notches um, when it's come to their team looking a lot better. We've seen the past Phil Rippers, they would win one every once in a while, but they're kind of iffy now the thing is it's different this year the Chargers took one from the Chiefs early in the season but they did not bury us when they had the opportunity to they should they lost the teams they should have uh, beat so when we're looking at the standpoint it's going to be great because yeah the Chargers beat us but the Chiefs turned the ball over on three straight possessions one interception two fumbles three straight possessions and we still only lost because we couldn't complete a Hail Mary touchdown so that just shows you how dynamic our team is our defense is a lot better, but when it comes to it, Mahomes versus um, Herbert at the end of the day, what we're seeing in this instance is that these are two great quarterbacks that are probably going to be battling for the battling for the division because one of those two teams is going to win because the gap, in my opinion, is that far away when it comes to the Raiders and the Broncos. And when you're looking at that standpoint, there might be another team out there that's going to probably challenge the Chiefs like the Patriots. But from it comes to the division standpoint, it's probably going to be the Chiefs in charge for a while because Justin Herbert's a stud. He is no joke, and he knows what he's doing. Anytime you see a guy throw a ball through the air 65 yards and get a touchdown, he's the real uh, He's the real deal. And he's got he, – he's very humble. And, and that's what is – you know, you look at guys like Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, they're very arrogant. I mean, I'm sorry, but they are. They're arrogant guys that – have um, a different mindset. They think they're on top of the world, really. And he doesn't feel that way. He got thrown into a game against us 
that he didn't expect to have to play his first year in the league very early on, really in the league, in the year, actually. Um, and he played extremely well. I, I have to say he had no idea what he was doing. He just went out there and winged it. And I have to say the kid has got mad skills. He's, uh, he's just going to continue to progress. Is he Mahomes? No. Will he be? Probably not. I mean, I would say that if he, if Mahomes was on anybody else's team, including the Raiders and I hate the Raiders more than any other team in football. Um, but Mahomes has a different, he's on a different level of everyone else in this game. If there's two players in this league that I would say are on a different level of everyone else, it's Aaron Rodgers and, and Patrick Mahomes. It's the two best quarterbacks in football. Uh, they have a different football IQ. And I don't know if anybody will ever rival that. I just don't. If somehow Denver ends up getting Aaron Rodgers, which I highly doubt, but if I don't think he wants to play in the same division with Mahomes for the next four or five years, I just don't see him wanting to do that. But, uh, and if he does, it'd be a crazy rivalry that would kind of put Justin Herbert on the third, you know, the third, uh, third run of that whole realm of things, because that would change Denver's whole aspect of how they play football and where they what, would land. Uh, what about Russ if they got Ruston? You know, I don't, go yeah. ahead. Nah, you go ahead. I, 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 mean, I just don't see. I have a friend who's a Broncos fan, and every single year, oh, we're going to get this quarterback, we're going to get this quarterback. And I have to tell him, like, look, man, I understand, like, you're shooting for the moon, hoping to land somewhere. But if you're, like, a quarterback like Russ or um, Aaron Rodgers, there's no upside to come to the division because two, only two teams, if there's two good teams, only those two good teams are going to make it. And our defense is so much stronger. I just don't see them coming to the AFC West the only reason why I would see some something happen if it was just Mahomes, I can understand me a second guy, but they want to go. They probably want to go somewhere else where they have a could be the star. Yeah, I would not be surprised. It just makes no sense to me when I'm looking at it from a standpoint for them. They're trying to be successful. Yeah, the Broncos have the talent. They can't find the quarterback. So I mean, maybe can change coach. them, but yeah, or the head coach. But when it comes to the, end of the day, it I just don't see it happening. Now, if it does, it does, but. I don't just don't think it's really going to work out. No, they and I agree. I mean, Caleb said it. It would be very difficult for to have three elite quarterbacks in one division out of four teams. Okay, I mean, most guys want to be that guy in their division. You know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, they yeah, they wouldn't mind having the rivalry of having one more guy in their division that's good. You know, it just kind of is what it is. It's it's not like it's unheard of, but. Um, and it's happened, but I wouldn't see that happening in this division. Um, and honestly, I don't know that, I don't know if anybody could afford them. Um, I, I, I don't know that anyone would be able to afford either one of those guys. I don't think the Broncos could, I don't know if, I don't know what kind of cap space they have now, maybe next year they may be able to, you know, with the cap increase. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, it would be, it would be highly highly unlikely that either one of those teams would be able to afford 
either one of those guys and to be able to sign people around them to compliment, yeah. you know, that's been Russell Wilson's issue for a very long time is he's had no offensive line. He finally got DK Metcalf, but he's like, I mean, he's like the new, uh, Terrell Owens to a degree. I mean, he wants the ball every second. If he doesn't get it, he throws a baby fit. You know, I mean, he could be triple covered and laying on his back. Why didn't you throw it to me? You know, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, it's like, come on, man. I mean, uh, it's, and I, and this year, Russell Wilson will be going somewhere. I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to come down to either him or Carol. Carol's 70. Yeah. So you got to figure it. More than likely, if Russell decides to stay, Carroll's going to be gone. So it, it, it's it's well, going to be together. I would, it could be a scenario that they both go. It could be. Right? Very yeah, could I wouldn't be. be surprised. Yeah. yeah. And if a new guy comes in and he gives the okay to sort of blow it up and let Russ go and sort of start from the start. But then, like you're saying, you're coming into a year in an offseason where um, DK is – Metcalf is going to be up for an extension, and if he sees Russ walk out the door, yeah, I don't think he's going to be quick to sign that extension, especially if there's question marks over who his quarterback is going to be. Yeah, I don't know. Is this DK's in his? This is he's, his second year. It's second his third year. Third, third year. This is his third year. This is his third year. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought this was his second, so maybe his third. So his extension would actually be his fourth season. At the end of the fourth season, it would be his extension year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird. I mean, it's kind of like how Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I mean, you know, I don't see Devontae Adams staying in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers leaves. I don't see that happening. Uh, the way he's talked, though, I think he, I don't think he minds staying in Green Bay if he gets the money that he wants, but it won't be possible for him to get the money that he wants and then to continue to pay Rogers as well. So well, Rogers is not staying. Well, Rogers no. And yeah, yeah, if it was the case that Rogers was going to say, right, I'll stay. Yeah. yeah I know it's not going to happen, but if he, if he said, all right, I'll stay, then Adams would be impossible for him to sign because the money that he wants. And we spoke about it. Actually, we, we spoke about it with a Packers podcast there a while ago. And we said that to him, the money that Adams is looking for, which I believe quite rightly he deserves. He, I think he's, one of if not the best top uh, wide receivers in the game at the moment he would have to go to a team that has a quarterback on their rookie contract because of the money that he's they wouldn't be able to afford both so that's kind of limiting his options a little bit yeah and you know I don't know you know a lot of people aren't factoring in the cap did go up a lot and Aaron if he if for some reason which it's not going to happen and no stretch of the imagination is he going to stay there Um, but if he were to stay and they were to work something out, I imagine he would probably restructure to some degree to keep Adams because that's his bread and butter. I mean, it really is. They've got a connection like Mahomes and Tyreek have and Mahomes and Kelsey have. I don't think he would want to let him go. So, And he's had enough trouble in the past with not having players surrounded around him, as we've all noticed. You know, He went through a five-year stretch of not having anyone and then not having a defense either. So... uh I think he would try to figure out a way of keeping him around. Um, and the cap again can move up from what they're saying it is right now, the projected numbers. So we, you know, you just never know, but I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers staying. I, I really don't. Um, there's teams in Russell, you know, I, I even kind of threw out a scenario and I can see it happening. Um, is the saints. 
I can see Russell Wilson going to the Saints. Uh, they need a quarterback. They really need yeah. a quarterback bad. Hill is yeah. not the answer. And uh, it, it, there's just so many scenarios out there right now for these stars that are in their really prime, I guess, if you want to call it, that have a good five to seven years left in their career that can come along and turn a franchise around in a minute, you know, and that's Russell Wilson. I, I, I don't know if I could put him in the category of a, an Aaron Rodgers or a Mahomes. I, he's up there. He's a top, definitely a top 10 quarterback for sure. Uh, I mean, probably a top five, but I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's going to be a next year is going to be a very weird year. I think it's, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a very strange year for the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, and circling sort of back then to to Thursday's game, and um, we've seen that at the Chris Jones and uh, Josh Gordon were both put on the COVID list. There seems to be many outbreaks going on with a lot of teams at the moment as well, uh, including the the uh, the Browns who've gotten really bad there. I think 14 players was the last time I checked they put on the COVID list and the Rams are struggling. Seven teams, I think, in total are sort of struggling with COVID and there's talk about changing the, the protocol at the moment. But um, how big of a loss is, is Chris Jones going to be now for, for the game on Thursday? Well, from what it looks like, and JP, we said this yesterday, but Chris Jones, he hasn't tested positive. He's just in the protocols. And the Chiefs death chart for the game just came out. And what's interesting about this is that LeJarrius Sneed's going to be off for personal reasons because his brother was killed. And he got to go back to see family and see how the situation is. So I understand he's not playing, but the kind of surprise is Willie Gay is on the COVID list. So he's tested positive for COVID. And I think what they're trying to do, at least in that situation, okay, we're going to keep these guys who have tested positive. We're going to keep them away from the team and try to make sure they're okay. But when it comes in Chris Jones' situation – from what our, my understanding so far, what I just saw on Twitter is since he is on the in the protocols, he doesn't have it. So there's a good chance he's gonna have to, he's gonna play. The issue, however, is everyone has considered that the vaccine is gonna be some sort of magical elixir. That's not the case. There's gonna be different things that are gonna happen, and it's a locker room. We we've seen it before. We've seen the flu spread through locker rooms. No different from COVID. It's gonna spread. Through, yeah. It's gonna spread through a locker room. So what the team's gonna have to do in this situation, especially for the Chiefs, they're gonna basically probably gonna have to do virtual. This game's gonna be interesting. The good thing though about this is that it's a Thursday night game, so we have about ten get days until our next game. So if there's gonna be more tests that's gonna come out, more players get COVID. That gives us some time. So that's good from the standpoint. The issue, though, is that we do not – the Chiefs cannot have this order mess up everything that's kind of going so far because we've seen teams literally get – their seasons get derailed because of COVID. We saw with the Titans and we saw with the Steelers. So when we're looking when we're looking forward, it's going to be interesting, especially like the information we just got literally about 10 minutes ago and then also pushing in through now after this game. There might be some more cases. I don't really know. But from what I'm seeing in the standpoint is that it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen pushing forward to the future. Because now I haven't seen the update. Um, yeah, I it looked. just came out, JP. So what happened? I didn't, I didn't. So Sneed, he's not playing for personal reasons. Well, I knew that, but he was supposed to come back, and I guess he decided I not think they're to. keeping him away just in case because oh, okay. they're happy with um, Hughes. But Willie Gay is on the COVID list. Son of a So mother. he tested positive, positive. So, so. Willie Gay did? Yeah. Well, he's on the COVID list. He didn't say protocol. So he, if he's on the list, that means he is. Um, he tested positive. 
he's tested positive, but we got what 10 days. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, that hurts. Um, Willie Gay is a huge player. Um, he's, he's been, he's been ever since he's been out on that field, he's been, a he's been a catalyst. So that's, that's going to be uh painful. Um, Chris, as far as Chris Jones is concerned, Caleb is right. I mean, there was a big rumor going around yesterday put out by people in uh, Chiefs Kingdom that Chris Jones had COVID. And he, so far, it's it was a close contact situation. And they were, they, you know, all he's got to pass two tests in a 24-hour period and he'll be fine um, as long as they come back positive. Um, so far, he hasn't tested positive. Uh Apparently, this all started with Josh Gordon, um, from what I understand. Now, I don't know if this stemmed from directly from him or if it stemmed from, you know, our prior game. I don't know. But I know that, you know, uh, we don't need to lose a lot of players. I know that being on a short week, usually COVID takes about four or five days before it starts to show it, you know, rear its ugly head uh, where you test positive or even feel the symptoms of it. So um, for the most part, if you are vaccinated, it is a shorter term that you have COVID. And the Chiefs are one of the most highly vaccinated teams in the league. So this probably won't be as bad, but we, we never know. Yeah. You just don't know. I mean, it, it affects everybody differently. Um, we talked about it last night on the show that, you know, when you're, you know, linemen and guys like that, that, um, don't necessarily stay in perfect condition. Uh, they have to eat a little worse than others because to keep the weight on their, their immune system's a little lower. So they may, even with the vaccination may catch it faster than a guy like Tyreek that is in humanly perfect condition and eats, you know, really well all the time uh, and keeps his body in perfect shape his immune system's really high and he may not catch it at all. And weirdly enough, knock on wood, I've never caught it. I've never gotten it. I did get vaccinated, but that was what, when about the same time you did Caleb, it was about six months ago or so, seven yeah, months about ago. That, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I had never gotten it before that. So, and I was around people all the time. I mean, I wore a mask. I did. I mean, I used so much hand sanitizer that I th thought my hands were going to fall off. But um, I don't know. It, it's just weird how it affects people. So I, I hope yeah. and you know I hope it I hope it doesn't hamper the game too much. And I hope it it doesn't. There's not a lot more. I mean, we got one day. So. One thing I would say about this team, though, they have a next man up attitude mentality, and I think we'll be okay from that standpoint. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, Willie Gay is a huge impact. I mean, that is huge. a big loss right there. That's a big but. loss. Um, Chris Jones, I wasn't even as concerned with if we did lose him, um, just simply because of the fact that we do have two guys that can fill in that are very good. And our defensive line is so shored up with the addition of Melvin Ingram that, yes, I mean, without Chris Jones, you're going to, you're going to miss him. Of course, there's no doubt, but I wasn't as concerned as if you lost a Willie Gay or somebody that was so isolated i guess you know that's an isolated player that does so much on the outside and that that, that one there it hurts a little bit it um, does it does 
I think when it comes to the standpoint end of the day, I think what we'll see is the Chiefs somehow figure out a way. We got one of the best coaching staffs in the league, so I'm not worried. But this does hamper everything. But we got 10 days to figure it out after. So, yeah. 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 Um, also, we've seen announced today that the uh, NFL announced the international home market uh, areas for uh, 32 teams. And um, we've seen that the Chiefs have uh, decided to set up in Germany. Um, which is great for us European fans over here, hopefully getting another game uh, in the future um, over in, in Germany to go, of course, with, with the London games. Um, it, it's it, What do you think of this sort of uh, new regime by the NFL to sort of increase knowledge? I think it's it's down Brazil, Australia. I think Canada ha- has a few now as well. And now we're seeing the UK and Germany too. Um, I think kind of from a standpoint, I mean, this is great for the sport. Obviously, it's never going to take away football soccer like it's on a world stage now but i think the nfl is trying to get more people involved and i think that's awesome to spread this game to the world i mean americans love this game as anytime you see football is on from literally august and that's talking high school and college so basically like end of august all the way to february so that's a good amount of time where you see in football and for them to spread the game to the rest of the world i think it's phenomenal because a lot of people like like football and as we jp and we have a lot of fans that follow our page listen to our podcast from throughout the world a lot and uh we have a couple in ireland we have some in great britain and we also have some i think in a couple some people from china and throughout the other places visit we the have in india we have them in sweden we have so them they're in, everywhere all over the place you know they listen to our podcast so it's, it's crazy and and actually follow us on our website so it's it's insane it's it's great i think it's great i, I think it's going to take a while before it actually kicks in with covid I mean, I think it's going to take a while until everybody. Be, I mean, I don't know how I haven't really paid attention to how every country's handled um, COVID other than a few. Um, but until everybody is on board with getting vaccinated and just taking this under, you know, getting it under control. And we're just as guilty. I mean, there's there's states in this country that refuse to get it done. Um, Missouri being one of them. They're one of the lowest vaccinated states in the country. So until we actually get this under control, it's going to be a while, man. Yeah, they may not do some for a bit, but that's the hope. I mean, I would love to go to a game over in Germany. That'd be nice. That'd be awesome. I mean, that would be a great thing. You know, it's it'd be very cool to do. I've never, you know, weirdly enough, I played baseball and I've done a lot of different things in my life, but I've never been out of the country. So um, I've never left this country. Oh, first stop is not is not Germany. It's over here to Ireland. We get you some, get mm-hmm. some proper drinks and give you a proper you. tour around for sure. That's actually weirdly enough. That would probably be you know it would be either be Italy or Ireland would be the two places I would go because my mother was half Irish and half Italian, and my father was born in Sicily. So mm-hmm. that would have to be my places to go before I would go yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely cannot go anywhere else. You'll have to be. You'd have yeah. to go there. Um, your mother would never forgive you if you didn't go to one of those places first. <laughs> never. Um, but but guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the the show here now. But before we go, um, I just want to get your predictions for for the game on Thursday. Um, who's going to come out on top? You want me to go, or you want to go? Go. All on. right. Well, <clears throat> I I had a prediction on our last show of thirty one. I want to say it was 31-17. No, 31-13 Chiefs. Okay. I did say that I wouldn't be surprised if they held them under 10. 
Um, I'm a little nervous with the fact that we are missing Willie Gay now, and I want to see what happens with Chris Jones. But I'm still going to say Chiefs come out on top. I'm going to give it a little bit more of a point spread now. I'm going to say 31-21. I think when it comes to it now, the issues with COVID, I think it's going to be – I'm going to say it's going to be like maybe a 24-21 Chiefs. I just – I don't know if the if the defense can hold, that's going to be awesome, but we're missing some key players. So it's going to be interesting from that standpoint, but I believe in Tyron Matthew. Just hope this team can get through it because this is going to be a tough game. It's not yeah. easy when you're towards the end, and this is where we're at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know our defense is strong, and I know how they they want to keep that, that position they're at, uh, but you can't control what you can't, you know, you can only control what mm-hmm. you control. And when you're missing some of your key players and you do have some great, you know, we have depth and that's, you know, something we've been missing for a long time. You know, we've, we didn't have depth. And that was the one thing that Veach and Andy wanted to go after was having that next man up that can fill shoes. And we've got mm-hmm. that. We do. Uh, that's the men phenomenal. You know, when Anthony Hitchens went down, Nick Bolton stepped up and he played, Honestly, if he was still playing, I'd put him up as defensive rookie of the year and in that category because he was well, just he'll step up in the absence of gay. So this will be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely will. Um and you got Dorno little... Daniel too. Yeah. You I mean get a finally get a shot. So. Yeah, and you got Armani Watts that can step in and you know, which he stepped in last week at the end of the game and played really well. So we've got guys out there that can come in and do their job and do it very well. So um I, I, you know, I'm going to give it a little bit more of a, a closer game, but I still see the Chiefs coming out on top. So, excellent. Story. They play better on the road. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, guys, it's been it's been great speaking to you. Um, JP, it's been great speaking to you again, Caleb. It's been great having you on the show for the first time. Hopefully, it's not the last time you drop in and speak to us. No, definitely not. Yeah, we'll come back on again, and you come excellent. on ours, man. Oh, anytime. anytime, anytime at all, anytime at all. Um, before we do let you go, if anyone is interested and they haven't actually listened to the podcast yet, where can they find yours? Uh, it's at actually it's at Chiefs Focus First and Ten Show on all one hundred thousand podcast places. JP has put it out constantly, so <laughs> you can find it pretty much anywhere. Yeah, we're on for from Amazon Music to iHeartRadio to Google Play to we're Apple, everywhere, everywhere. Apple, we're everywhere. So, and it, we're. We base it off Spreaker.com, but you can you can find it on our website, Chiefs www.chiefs.com or Chiefsfocus.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Chiefs Focus. We're everywhere, so we're spread out all over the place. So if you type in Chiefs Focus on Google, you can find our our podcast everywhere. So excellent stuff, excellent stuff, guys. Like I said, it's been great having you on. We hope you uh, enjoy the game uh on thursday night hopefully for your sake achieve some win hopefully for my sake um i can i'm thinking about betting the over so hopefully i'll get the over i think the over is like 51 at the moment so i think i'll go for that i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> it might go up now so yeah. you never yeah, know it might go up you never know i mean that's yeah. that'd be crazy if it did but um wow uh extra stuff so that's where we're going to wrap up this edition of the show uh if you haven't already make sure you're following us on our own social channels at under center pod on instagram and twitter and that's where you can take part in our competition with thanks to horror and estate you have the opportunity to win the nfl jersey of 
your choice. Make sure you get in, uh, your entries in before uh, Wednesday next week. Uh, follow us uh, on YouTube as well. Or if you want to get the audio side of the podcast, just search under Center Podcast on both those platforms. You'll find us there. Subscribe, listen into uh, all the shows. We have two a week uh, and be kept up to date with that. But that is, like I said, all the time we have for it. If you're staying up to, to watch the game, we hope you enjoy it. If not, enjoy the highlights the next day. But stay safe and we will see you soon.